Let's talk about talk, it. Talk, talk, talk. Let's go deep. We all have something to share. No share with Dr. Dave. So, hello, and welcome to the Null Share with Dr. Dave podcast. I'm Dr. Dave Cornelius, your host. You know, sometimes you are afforded the opportunity to have conversations with passionate people that are relevant in the moment and into the future. These men and women are willing to give of themselves to create a space to hear and gather stories of voices ignored for a long time. The Agile community is not perfect, but is anchored on values that make individuals important. The first sentence of the first value is individuals and interactions, which gives an opportunity to intentionally acknowledge our common global humanity to give grace toward each other. Let's begin and listen to the story shared by April, Jessica, Angie, Anthony, and Trisha. I'll start. Hi, my name is Trisha Broderick. I know we're all going to be like super uh, for everybody. Um, my name is Trisha Broderick. I am tired, mostly some because I'm not sleeping, but mostly because I get my energy from really large groups of people and I don't have that right now. <laughs> uh, um, so I am here. I'm in. Welcome. 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 Uh, I will go next. Uh, I am Jessica Small, and I am so glad um, to be here to talk about and, and, and to have been part of um, such an important conversation. I'm in. Welcome. Welcome. So my name is Angie Doyle, um, and I am spirited because this is a topic I'm really passionate and excited to speak about and I'm in. Welcome. 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 I'm April Jefferson and I look passionate. It's sort of a yes and on Angie and passionate because hey um, what we're talking about today, um, I am one of the ones <laughs> in that group. And, um, and not only if I wasn't, I would care as well uh, for all people that, uh, that uh, struggle, right, um, from just walking in this world. So I'm in. Welcome. 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 I guess it's my turn. Yeah. Hi, I'm Anthony Marcano. And uh, I'm feeling hopeful because there are lots of things that um, we couldn't talk about before for fear of being told we'd be playing the race card that now are being taken seriously and being heard. Um, not by everyone, but by more people than before. Uh, and therefore I'm hopeful that uh, we can grow the number of people willing to hear so that we can start the process of mutual understanding. And I'm in. Welcome. 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 
And uh, my name is Dr. Dave Cornelius. I am super excited to be here today. Uh, you know, just having the opportunity to speak with such great minds and such great spirits um, really lift my spirit, you know, to talk about this, this topic because I'm also affected by it, if you didn't notice. Um, so I'm in. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> So I'm glad you told started. us, Dave. We didn't. Yeah. I couldn't. I didn't. Uh, I wasn't quite sure. You wasn't sure, right? Yeah. Right, right. You don't want to make assumptions anymore, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> so let's talk about the purpose of the growing, uh, you know, racial equity in the agile community events. You know, what was the purpose of it? I defer to April on this one. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. This is a better approach than all of us giving each other space to go. We could just volunteer people. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Like <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, so I thought Trish was going to go because it be, it, for me, I, I, I always say that this kind of began with a love letter the Agile Alliance sent. Um to all its members and subscribers. And, and that was thoughtful and caring. But I, I, I wanted to know like how are we, that it was at a point where me and everyone else in our community was like, well, like we don't want just words. We wanted to really know that it was action behind it. And um, in their letter, desire to have a conversation. So I called Trisha up and say, okay, tell me more about this conversation. And what was wonderful is that she said that we just knew we needed to do it. Not that they had a plan. Um, there was no big plan up front. They just knew they needed to do it. And maybe it would be an open space. And and we talked at length about like what really needs to happen um, to make it real and not just a pat on the back. Like, oh, we, we feel good about ourselves. We had a conversation that we wanted. Like the desire was for me personally, what I felt that our community needed, especially the uh, community of Black Agilists, you know, hitting and seeing what we really needed was a something that leads to action and um and it was like a yes and so and that course is all spurred from uh looking at the the social unrest that has happened um uh, globally around the death of george floyd brianna taylor and so on and so forth and that it really brought home that what else are we missing? Because for the first time, people saw it live on TV, the brutality, and they wanted to know what else are we missing? And, and of course, you look at like, what, what's in my realm of control? And that's in the communities that we're in. So and the Agile Alliance decided to take up uh, 
take up that mantle and uh, and start the conversation to bring about actionable change. Yeah, I, uh, we have a Slack group on the board and we, you know, things were coming out. I had a personal like earlier in 2019 kind of level of no more compartmentalizing, no more I'll address these topics here, but not here. Like I, I pretty much put an end to that the summer of 2019. And so there was an element of reaching out on the Slack and the board having this discussion of if we say we're global, <laughs> If we say we want an inclusive community, if we say all of these things about um, individuals and interactions over processes and tools, right? Like the spirit of what Agile in our community is about, then we can't be silent. And, and not just can't be silent, but we have to create a space where our members can heal in some ways in our community because there have been things, but also moving forward to, to that. So that's what was driving it from, from our perspective. But no, we had no plan. We were already working with people, but we had no actual like, here's exactly what this event will look like. Nope, which actually worked out because then we were you know, able to have April and Anthony really help us design that. That's where I come in <laughs> for the plan. Um, and it was, it was uh, <laughs> I mean, you're laughing now. Um, it was, it was good. Cause as soon as we got the email, we were like, as a logistics person, uh, being like, yes, you know, absolutely. We can do this. And obviously we have a pandemic going on. Um, and so it, it you know, it kind of gave us the opportunity to like pause and come up with something that probably would have been virtual anyways, but to, to come up with something to put out there to say, this is what we're doing. We're supporting it and you know, come and join us um, in a virtual setting. It was a little bit crazy because it was all unfolding um, uh, from, from a logistics perspective, but I think we, uh, we got it done and I'm really proud. So I think, I mean, from my perspective, the key thing, you know, once, once Trisha kind of fired off that initial conversation with the board, I think the key thing that all of us agreed on was we needed to create the safe space. Um, mm -hmm. And that whole concept of safety kind of went through the, in all of the events, all of the subsequent events that actually happened. It was about creating a space where people could feel comfortable to have a really hard conversation because these are not easy conversations. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I bring a little bit of a different perspective to the board. I'm from South Africa. I've grown up with apartheid, with having really difficult conversations. In a way, I almost feel it's easier for me to have them because it's been such a big part of our history. We don't shy away from the conversations, but definitely that feeling of uh, creating that safe space was really important. And, and that was, you know, that's where Jess was so great with helping us kind of figure out how to do it from a virtual perspective. Because I think in a face-to-face in a -face situation, it's a little bit easier to create that safety. Virtually, there were, there were some things we had to consider that we, we wouldn't have had um, in an in-person. Yeah, like, like the fact that you could be in two places at the same time technically, yeah. whereas physically you can't. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so, um, go ahead. Question, um, <laughs> of, you know, what was it all about? I, you know, I can't really, um, I think what was it about generally has been covered. And for me personally, 
uh, it was about um, creating a safe space to have conversations that I've wanted to have for a long time, but never felt that I could. Uh, uh, partly because when I've tried to have those conversations in the past, it was dismissed or shut down or, um, you know, the, the, the messaging I received was, um, yeah, but you're a man, so you're privileged. So stop, you know, stop talking about all this race stuff. These are the kind of things that I've heard uh, and that shut down the conversation for me. And this was a great time to just remove any of any of those um, issues, constraints, concerns. And, um, and while I didn't feel like I could be in the conversation because I was helping to facilitate some of the sessions and helping to flesh out the design with April, um, I wanted other people to have the opportunity to have that conversation. And something I didn't anticipate, but was a benefit, was the conversations that April and I had every day they were very, very healing. Um, there was a lot of things that before we could even start, because there was just so much happening, um, before we could even start working on certain things, um, um, we, we kind of had to share where we were at each morning, you know, whether it was just to get off our chest how we were feeling about today's news about, you know, the ongoing case with George Floyd or today's news about another black person that had been killed or today's news to make it global where in the UK they were sending police in to aggressively shut down protests. Um, and we had, you know, right-wing activists trying to, you know, telling people to go back to Africa if they don't like living in this country and things like that, you know, just to, to, to get that out and then kind of heal a little bit and just enough for us to then be in to, to move, move forward what we were trying to achieve. Um, and that on its own was quite cathartic and healing for me. Um, so from, from a personal point of view, um, I found it um, empowering because uh, there wasn't anyone to shut down my, tell me that I wasn't allowed to talk about this because of a privilege I might have on one side that ignores a disadvantage I have on the other. And, um, uh, and to be able to talk about it without someone saying, oh, yeah, but there's not really any racism. Um, that it was an opportunity to both be heard in the conversations I had with April and create an environment where people were really focused on listening in order as a stepping stone towards empathy, uh, as a stepping stone towards action. So there were five events, as I counted, five events. Um, what did you learn after going through those five events, you know, individually or even collectively? You know, what's the learning that came out of that? Well, I was fortunate enough to jump into uh, a lot of the discussions that were happening in the events. So. Um, I think the thing that was almost really powerful for me that I really learned as part of going through that process was how powerful stories are. So the first event was very much dedicated to creating empathy and uh, telling stories and listening to stories. And, and that trend continued. So every conversation I was in, people continued to share stories. And 
for me, it was just, I mean, it was just incredible because that's, that's where I think most people learn the most um, about themselves and about maybe things that they weren't aware of. I, I learned that um, the community um, that, that attended the event, how like passionate and dedicated they were to this because you saw the same faces, you know, every other um, or every event um, that was really, it was like, hey, you know, you know, saw you two weeks ago, how you doing? You know, kind of building that, that community as well. Um, but that was, that was really inspiring because I, I didn't get to participate in, in any of the events, but just seeing everyone and, and hearing, you know, their stories and their takeaways and, and whatnot was, was great. Yeah, saying you, Jess, is that um, is that authentic relationships formed, mm -hmm. and um, and with that, we had people attend who may have never had a relationship with a person of color, and I say person of color because literally, like, of anyone that they didn't look like them. That was just not a part of who they are, and they developed relationships coming week after week. They knew that they were uh, clueless about stuff. Uh, we, we did learn as a, um, I would say as a black community is that people didn't know what we were going through. Um, and that, and we didn't feel safety to share. And it was a lot to give up and be vulnerable in that. And, and, and we're not, we're not regretting. There's no regret that we did because uh, from that uh, positive things have emerged where empathy has grown. People are uh, active accomplices um, have formed to help uh, make a positive change. So that was a big thing to do. And, you know, so a very unfortunate event helped spur that, but um, that's quite positive. There's, there's a lot of uh, things in the work for active change. I'd say yes to all of that, um, but I'm also going to highlight something and, and, and that I don't know if I learned it from just these five events, but I could see it um, is because there's almost a level of as, as especially as white people, we um, become aware. We want the quick fix. We want it to, to be done, right? Like we want to make it better. And, and I think that there's a really concerted effort to make sure momentum continues and that people understand that it is a journey. It is a, not a quick fix. And, and, you know, the level of, um, well, but didn't we already talk about that? Like, isn't this done now? <laughs> right. Um, and I think that's still for a lot of people awareness, but not necessarily awareness of the long road ahead in terms of truly making it equitable and, and the work that they have to continue to do. Um, and, and so we even saw it a little bit in the five events. Sometimes it's just by chance, right? But, but 
you know, some faces were returning, some came once and then, you know, didn't come again. And, and so like, there's an element of me acknowledging just how much intentional effort has to continue and, and be there in the momentum and not just what the latest news story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of those things, I, I guess I would add, include in my list of things I learned and some of them I will add to my list now, having heard them from what you've all just said. And uh, I think for me, um, I think something that was confirmed for me uh, is that I believe that um, the Agile community is very much a sort of human-centric culture in terms of how we work, why we work. And, you know, you see that throughout the values of numerous frameworks and the like as well as in one of the core values of you know um, valuing individuals and interactions over processes and tools so i think what was confirmed for me is how in many ways blessed we are to be in 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 a, a group of people who are passionate about a way of working and a way of being at work, not just working, but a way of being at work. Um, it confirmed to me the sort of the, the human side of it and how invested in in the humanity of it, everyone genuinely is, and how many people stepped up because of that in the sense that had they known, it was, it was unfortunate that the way that people had to have uh, these some of the some of the issues that we we did get to talk about uh, it was unfortunate and tragic that people had to be woken up by by what happened to George Floyd but as soon as people were aware they there was hundreds of people from all over the world wanted to get involved straight away uh, and that was I think that that confirmed something that I believed, but in a way that kind of deepened it, I think. It deepened my appreciation for that. Because I, there are other areas where um, I've seen activity. I'm also in, uh, involved in another group focusing on, uh, initially on racial, racial equity, but more broadly on diversity in another sector. And, um, there's a, there's a lot of talk um, from certain industries, but not a great deal of action. And I think the action that was taken here was really powerful. And the response we got to that action was really powerful. So I think I, I learned that uh, my belief that the Agile community is very much about the, the human aspect of being at work in the way that we do things, not necessarily whether that's tech or any other, any other area, just the way that we are at work um, is very human centric. And, and I was really touched by, by seeing that. Well, let's talk about 
what surprised you because you know there's tons of feedback lots of participation um what was really surprising you know if, if each one of you had to grab one thing and said man that really surprised me um what would that be for me the biggest surprise was that um for people who had no idea um uh uh they had an unconscious bias in that um uh about uh about the experience uh for people of color you know uh in our community and and all the ways that it manifests um in that uh in ways we would think that uh, there's some notice of it um but uh so many people who are clueless um to the experience uh, versus being completely ambivalent um uh so that was surprising which uh again goes to like you know being open and sharing and and doing that, even though like uh, we shared it in other ways in the professional community, as professionals, we kind of hold ourselves differently and we separated the two. Um, so it's surprising that so many people opened up to, since culturally um, that has not been a thing. And um, no matter where you go, because um, it is global and and having a uh people having a greater understanding how global it is it's not simply an american experience um and all the different manifestations of it globally yeah yeah to, to, go ahead Anthony. yes i know i spoke recently but uh, i would like to uh, <laughs> throw in something kind of almost related in that I was really um, pleasantly surprised um, by two things. Um, one, with how quickly um, everybody involved in organizing and um, facilitating this, how quickly everyone really bonded. Uh, mm. Where I, There was a couple of things that were going on for me at the time. Uh, I lost a friend who passed away, sadly. And I felt that I could share that with this group as if you were all my close friends that I'd known for years. Um, and uh, all of the positive messages that I got back were so supportive. Um, it was like, wow, this is like family levels of support. So I was really uh, pleasantly surprised by how quickly everyone bonded, people I'd never met before, never spoken to before, uh, how we all connected. Um, and the other thing I was pleasantly surprised about, that we had no code of conduct issues. Because whilst all of this stuff was going on, some of my engagements on Twitter, which frankly mm -hmm. I had to stop because I, I don't have the energy for a lot of it at the moment. I've just kind of withdrawn a bit from social media, but some of the, some of the mm -hmm. feedback I'm getting on, um, on Twitter and various other places was just unbelievable, you know, um, uh, where, People were so quick to, and there are one or two people in our community who are quite happy to, to give this kind of feedback. Well, you know, uh, if black people weren't so criminal, then maybe they wouldn't 
be beaten up so much and shot by the police. You know, I've had people say these things to me. Ah, um, I shared yeah. some statistics. I shared some statistics about. Um, uh, so basically, in the UK, <clears throat> um, lots of people were dismissing it, saying, "Oh, well, why are you getting upset about something that happened in America?" I was like, "Well, one, it's a human being." Um, they said, "Yeah, but it's not a problem here." I was like, "Are you sure about that? Let's look at our government's own data." And our government was suppressing it, and I shared that. You know, things like. Um, it's not quite as bad here because uh, fortunately our police don't routinely carry guns. But, um, you know, the fact mm -hmm. that we're twice as likely to be killed, six times more likely to be handcuffed, 43 times more likely to be randomly stopped and searched. You know, these kind of numbers I was sharing and people were coming back and say, well, what are they doing to cause that? It's like, what? You know, and this is what we were getting sort of publicly. And I was kind of bracing myself for somebody to show up to try and start trying to mm -hmm. make points. And we had nobody show up to try and bring, bring this down. Everybody, you know, you'd expect with hundreds of people, you'd expect maybe one troll to show up, just one. And we had mm -hmm. zero code conduct issues. And that was another pleasant surprise for me. Mm -hmm. uh, in, the, in the context of some of the other interactions I was having, it, it yeah. was like I was bracing myself the whole way through and we got right to the end and I was like oh something's gonna happen it has to it has to and nothing did it was just amazing yeah. mm -hmm. and I would say a fair amount to uh like even with the social media comments with a sharing like uh what has happened post or sharing that we're doing the event I only mm -hmm. got a couple of things and um and I just react with kindness and invitation and inviting them to come experience it and come learn um, it's no reason to to go in that cycle um, uh, into a negative cycle, but encourage the only way they're going to learn is uh, by uh, taking a moment and having a conversation with someone. And, yeah. and who knows, maybe there were people that did come along with the intention of trolling, with the intention of making a point, but maybe they listened and they actually, we actually broke down uh, some of their biases and maybe open them up to the possibility that maybe they do need to listen a little more and uh, maybe soften their soften their opinions um, and flex their opinions based on you know connecting you know as human beings with with others who have stories to share so for all we know maybe there were people that came with that intent but the environment that was created mm -hmm. uh, just washed it all away for all we know <laughs> it was a great outcome either way yeah i i yes and anthony i was going to say some similar to the the two things that you just said but as an event professional there is always something and i've been doing this for 14 almost 15 years now and this is like one of the first where it was like nothing like there's always something um and this was Nothing, and we had all the processes in place should that happen, um, but it didn't, and that that was that was great, surprising, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, you're really great. <laughs> so, if if we wanted to look at tangible outcomes, right, and and how do we measure those? Um, mm -hmm. What do you see coming out of this, right? I mean, it's, it's great conversation, lots of stuff on the board. 
uh, you know, I, I, I'm into, you know, the so what, now what kind of mindset in some ways. And, and so why don't we share, how is this initiative going to bring about some really tangible, measurable change, right, in the Agile community itself? And where does that begin? So I've got um, something that I actually found it was quite interesting as um, something that kind of spun out of this event. So there were a number of South Africans that attended um, and kind of what yeah. April said, you know, you, you definitely had different perspectives from different parts of the world. And a lot of the conversations I was in, people were kind of saying, well, what can I do in my area, you know, in my, in my direct field of influence, what's the small thing that I could possibly do? Um, and in South Africa, a number of people that came to the events have actually spun off um, like a side initiative that they're running with. Um, and there's two different focus areas. So the one is on new speakers of color and the other one is on a mentoring relationship. And the mentoring relationship one has now actually evolved into kind of relooking. Um, there was a book many years ago about people, uh, kind of like the faces and voices of Agile. And, you know, there was, a, there was a, a chapter written about South Africa and they're re-looking at that because everybody in there was white. And they're now kind of looking into the community and saying, how do we actually give agile role models um, that are people of color? And we've got them, but, you know, that whole initiative kind of fizzled out and they're kickstarting it again. Um, and then from a new speaker perspective, you know, you know I, I've got quite involved in, in that particular one and we're, we're looking for people that are prepared to mentor speakers of color. But those conversations were all triggered out of this event. So it's not mm -hmm. an Agile Alliance thing. It's just something that the South Africans that were on the call kind of brought back to the country and said, well, what can we do here? Because, you know, we'd love to do something globally, but what's the smallest thing we can do that we have direct influence on? And I know a lot of the people that I spoke about at the event, they were all doing something similar. So within their hometowns, they were like, what's the one thing I can do here? So they're not making, you know, not everybody's made a big initiative or whatever, you know, some of them have actually just said, I'm going to go and volunteer with this type of group to coach people on an agile way of working. You know, people, one of the conversations was unemployed truck drivers. So how do we help them kind of get exposed to agile as a concept? So, you know, I found that's, that's the kind of conversations that I almost didn't expect to see, but it was the smaller, the smaller little you know, little side pockets that would kind of spin off and do something on their own, which was amazing to see, actually. I think there's an element of, um, it, it's a weird, I'm almost thinking of how I want to phrase it, because in a lot of ways, like, let's take the board and the staff of Agile Alliance specifically in terms of we were doing trainings already. We were working with a, a diversity expert. But like these events gave the stories, gave the, like, not that it was check marks before by mm -hmm. any means, but it also increases the, there is no line. This is not, poli humans are not politics. And, and that we, we need to be incorporating and being proactive in terms of representation and in terms of, um, actively considering for the inclusiveness and, and, and what that really means. And so I think a lot of little things are going to spur from it as well as the big initiatives. But I, I, I just, in some ways, and this is slightly a weird tangible outcome, but it's almost like permission. <laughs> um, 
permission to have the conversations, permission to consider them, permission to start exploring how to have the conversations better and what they mean. That is so important in my view of continuing the conversation and what that means. Um, my personal thing that spurred out of this was actually, I mean, technically after the event counts as the event, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, definitely. So after each one of these events, there'd always be a kind of a core. Most people were kind of, the core was kind of the same, but then there would always be different people. And sometimes this after ha like <laughs> would go hours, right? And, and we'd have conversations and do things. And one of the things that I heard, and I was just listening and I try, you know, I was trying to just listen. And one of the things that I heard was, you know, the hard part about like virtual um, scenarios is, you know, the organizers can go, hey, I can get so and so and so and so and so, which gives a, to Angie's point, a kind of a hard part of new voices and diverse voices being heard. So there's a, um, I'm taking a page from Lisa Crispin, who, so I can't own this idea by any means, um, but taking a, a page from her book in terms of um, after listening after that after event, there were a number of people that went, I wish I could speak more, but I don't know how to get in touch with the organizers. Mm -hmm. So I get request often. I now don't go on the program unless I can name one other person and, and trying to open that field up and stuff. So it was just, it was, that's the hard part is you want to fix everything, but sometimes it's just finding some little tiny tangible thing that you can do to help. Um, and so for me, that was one of the, one of many, but that was one of the ways that I felt like I could actually help and, and have an outcome and, and give more space. Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, there, there will be outcomes. There have been. We've heard some of the stories already. Um, but I think we also have to be realistic about what, what, what could be achieved from a series over, was it approximately 10 weeks? Um, <clears throat> you know, we can't, in 10 weeks, change the world. Mm-hmm. What I think we can do is we can plant some seeds, show some people how to care for the soil, um, make people comfortable to, to try and um, keep watering the plants that we all help plant together. Uh, and how they then grow from there, we might not know there might be many things that come from this ideas that are inspired later on because of people participating in this experience that uh, we'll never be able to necessarily trace back it's, you know, the serendipity element of this is that, you know, a conversation that someone had during, during these events, an idea that they saw on a sticky note, uh, a bunch of other experiences, experiences they have over the next year, and then they'll have an idea. And they might not even know how it started exactly. So I think it'd be hard to measure some of these things directly. Um, but um, but I, I think we should also not underestimate the importance of the personal intentions that were shared um, by many of the groups that they, that they also, uh, like Angie said, they, they can't change a wider sphere, but there is an area that they can control and that's what they do personally and what they say personally and, and what they take back to their companies personally. And there are a lot of intentions there. And I think with those things, they'll have 
they'll, they'll grow and they'll spread in ways that won't be measurable um, in any concrete way. But I think we'll feel the difference. Um, I feel the difference. I feel I can talk about these things with colleagues. I feel I can ask someone um, where I couldn't before. I feel I can ask someone, so can you sort of articulate exactly why you felt candidate A was stronger than candidate B? Because to me, they were kind of similar, you know? Uh, I feel I can have that conversation and, and say, have you considered there might be some bias at play here? Whereas before, I didn't feel I could say that. Not comfortably, not without, not without, again, that person's defences coming up and maybe going on the attack. Oh, why do you always want to make it about race? That kind of, you know, response. Uh, whereas now I feel like I can say it and the person might actually stop and think, hmm, that's a good point. Yeah. Is there bias involved here? And the fact that they've stopped and thought about it for a second, to me, is progress. And the fact that I feel comfortable now to raise that question because I believe that person will stop and ask that question uh, for me uh, is a measurable change within my personal space. It made me think of uh, there was a, we were a bunch of people on a zoom call and a microaggression was delivered. A racial microaggression was put out there and uh, and a number of people actually all chatted the person and he's like, okay, I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> but the fact that we, recognize it the fact that we're actually yeah. addressing it and th like that that i it, it told what you mentioned me that made me even think of that scenario where it's not even all that weight doesn't have to be on the person you know the 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 i don't want to say, um the target the target thank you that's the word that, that's a good word um and and yeah. so like that that's a, a a hard to measure but a a cool thing that i've i've already started seeing hmm. and now I, trisha when i when people shared uh seeds they've already planted that's the common thing yes there's people are starting up initiatives through the Agile Alliance. Um, but one of the, the biggest things, takeaways, is um, how people are doing it within um, their own professional mm -hmm. uh, space at their organizations. Um, talking about like how they're hiring and how they're having a conversation, joining, um, creating uh, spaces to have those conversations in their organization, actually making decisions, you know, uh, uh, that where they uh, try to infuse diversity and inclusion, understanding what those things mean and how they manifest. A lot of people shared um, what they're doing personally in those areas. And that's, mm -hmm. how, that's how we got here today is by people making those personal intentions to change. So that's really exciting. We didn't move from you know, places like uh, of slavery to people uh, not enslaved and uh, working in, in the workforce and all the strides we've made by inaction is by uh, those individuals. And it's exciting to hear and see the people who are making those active changes uh, to infuse diversity inclusion and, and also understand why it's important because we had a lot of the conversations of why and not to do it just because, because uh, they understand the value of it and they understand that uh, sharing with others the why 
behind it and open up that opportunity to move beyond those biases. So that's really exciting. Can I just draw out one thing that you said there, actually? I think this is kind of going on the, on the point of, of practical, pragmatically what could we expect. Um, as much as we'd all love that from tomorrow, uh, there would be no prejudice of any form. Uh, the only thing we could hope for from this was progress. Um, progress, at least in the space that we have an influence over. Um, and I felt progress happening throughout the experience. And, uh, and I'm, I perceive progress in the stories that I'm hearing after the facts as well. And I think um, that's a reasonable expectation to see some progress. Um, I don't think we can predict how much there will or won't be. And I also don't think that we'll necessarily ever be able to measure how far that spreads or is amplified from this point forward. But I definitely know that we've made a difference. Well, I, I think you have uh, as a group. And, and, and this is, and I like the word progress. It's, we're actually standing on the, the shoulders of giants like John Lewis, um, you know, looking at Nelson Mandela, different people, and I'm sure and there's many others. I'm just naming the two two more famous names that I could think of at this moment that is helping to propel things forward. Um, let's talk about the people who maybe did not attend, who didn't participate in the growing racial equity events. Um, is there a message that we want to send and share with them to enable momentum? I, I think that all of this, you know, you, you go to a, like a, an event and then the event ends and then silence. So what, do you, what would you, us, we as a group, like to share to make sure that there's still momentum after this going forward? Right? I mean, actively. And then I'm talking about this group specifically, not other people. Right? I mean, so it's more a bit more personal in, in terms of your personal contribution to the momentum itself for those who weren't here? For me, um, who's ever there are the right people. You know, I live in that uh, open space uh, <laughs> principle world. And, uh, and the reason why I say that is because the people who are here, they basically uh, have become champions, right? Uh, change agents um, going out into the world, going out into our communities, going out into their families, um, going out uh, into their neighborhoods. And that's what we need. Because that's a catalyst. That's how it becomes uh, more viral um, in a way that uh, Anthony has uh, described uh, just now. So in, uh, if that is true, if we have uh, an army of change agents who have attended from, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe 50 plus countries um, uh, to, uh, to uh, these events. Uh, that's quite powerful in itself. These are people who are now um, sharing uh, opportunity. Um, they're uh, they're uh, creating a, a space for a shared voice. Um, they're calling out bias and uh, they're uh, in, in a way that's with empathy that uh, people can 
consume because we've learned, uh, you know, people have learned how to connect with people in a different way to, uh, to, to spur thought, the possibility that, hey, maybe uh, the way I've been thinking about it, um, uh, I need to uh, tilt and open those doors. So those are my thoughts. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like as an event specialist, again, um, I have a responsibility to, uh, in all of the events that the Agile Alliance does um, in the future, um, to make sure that I create those spaces to have open conversations, to take what we learned um, from this series and, and, and all of the work that we're doing in, in the DEI space um, and make sure that we apply that to all of our our events, whether that be, you know, in speaker selection, um, dedicated tracks, um, registration and, and, and marketing to, you know, different markets around the world. Um, that's, that's my personal um, way that I'm going to make sure that the momentum continues. Right. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm on a, another board and uh, we, uh, made a point um, by a little birdie suggestion uh, that <laughs> if we're going to sponsor um, other events that they have a, a plan to, for diversity and inclusion. Mm -hmm. um, like sure. that, we've made that intention without it. We're not going to support events that uh, don't encourage that. So mm -hmm. like, I'm saying like, yes, like, like being that person on the ground doing that is very powerful to give access mm -hmm. and opportunity for everyone. Yeah. Having it built in is what you're talking about. And that's, yeah. that's what we need. Yeah. <clears throat> I think, um, You know the the point of momentum is is key. I think um, we have to just. I think we. I think we'll get as much momentum as as we can. Um, I think we do need to keep the conversation going, um, and I'm still trying to keep the conversation going uh, within my sphere of influence. I know April is. I know we all are still talking about this. We're here today on this podcast. This is helping to maintain momentum because this is uh, another thing, uh, another opportunity for people to to engage with the topic. And um, I think there's opportunities for for this to maybe be uh, incorporated, um, not not specifically necessarily uh, about. Um, diversity and inclusion and racial equity for black lives, but for diversity and inclusion at large, uh, for that to be an, you know an integral part of uh, future conferences, um, I think that's that's something that the Agile Alliance can do to help where it holds events that have multiple tracks. That uh, diverse, diversity and inclusion uh, is integral to it, and I think all of us can um, you know keep. Um, having the conversation where we can, uh, when we can. And uh, most importantly, I think, 
um, when we're having those conversations, start as we started this 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 series, just focusing on listening, and from both sides. Um, now, whether those conversations are um, one person listening to another, explaining why the statement Black Lives Matter is, uh, is necessary. But we also need to listen to those people who hear that phrase and hear something different to what it means. And we have to hear those people and understand where they're coming from. Um, because when we're listening to the other person, we create the opportunity and we set the example for them to listen to us too. So I think, I think this is going to be one of those things that um, it may be a slow burn. Like it may be a slow burn. It may need to be. Um, like we, April and I talked daily about how exhausted we were <laughs> from the, the topic. <sighs> yeah? <laughs> you hear me, Dave? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. we were exhausted from the topic. We knew we had to keep going, but we were exhausted from it. Uh, so it may need to be a slow burn because we may only have as a community a certain amount of daily energy or weekly energy or monthly energy. But um, if that's what we need to do, again, it goes back to the point that we'll be making progress. Uh, and as we all know, you know, little and often usually works better than Big Bang. And I think, um, Anthony, just to just kind of build on what you said. So this series may have ended it doesn't mean the conversations ended. And I think it's really important. I think all of us aren't ready for it to end, if that makes sense. Like, I think there's still, there's energy in this group to keep the conversations going. And I think for people that weren't able to attend or participate, um, you know, maybe there's an invitation to reach out and see how you can get involved. You know I mean? Like these things, they, 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 they don't just happen, right? Like it does require a lot of passion and, and, and time. Um, but I think all of us, you know, like I said, we're not ready for the conversation to end. And the intention is that it hasn't, right? It's just kind of the start. The, the initial series ended, but we're going to keep going. Um, what the future looks like, kind of leading back to what Trisha said at the beginning, we haven't planned this out for five years. We don't have an immediate plan in the future. We just know that there will be one. Made me, it made me think of our meeting this morning. We, uh, mm. Uh, where uh, Ellen Grove, the interim uh, managing director for Agile Alliance, was like, "Initial, put initial sequence, <laughs> initial series," and 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 really mm -hmm. that to be highlighted, um, and because we understood from the beginning that this was a journey in the conversation. Um, I'm going to take your question a little bit into two parts of the um, people who weren't present. Um, Maybe it's just bad timing, right? But like in people, I think that there's sometimes a lot of people that believe that this doesn't involve them, doesn't impact them, doesn't, doesn't apply to them. And this is our community. Uh, I love this community, the agile community in terms of, as Anthony put, you know, like being able to feel like family fairly quickly and, and, and the support um, it's funny in many ways, some of the people I'm missing the most are, are people I see once a year mm -hmm. <laughs> at a conference. And yet yeah. mm -hmm. like, that's the dynamic that we create and 
we can't fully have that if we don't see the full person and, and how people are able to show up, how people feel included, how matters and it matters to us as a whole. And so, you know, I, I put it out there to, as an invitation, whether it's me or it's somebody else, as, as Angie put, reach out. To, you know, I know it's scary to ask that question and maybe not on Twitter. Like, <laughs> maybe it's the right medium, maybe not. Um, but like to go ahead and reach out uh, and, and, and you can disclaim the question that this might be bad or this might not be okay, but this is my question. Because if we don't have those conversations, that bias doesn't change. Um, and, and so um, for myself personally with this and, and keeping the momentum going is, is and, and kind of the, even Dr. Dave, your response of like, oh, exhaustion, right, is also self-care and, yeah. and doing what you need to do to say it's okay if I don't want to have this conversation today and I'm not letting down everybody. I'm not letting, you know, uh, myself down. I, I, I actually, in order to better have the conversation I need to take and completely disconnect for, for a day or whatever you need. Um, and I, I think that's going to be really important um, in this slow burn of also keeping that energy, especially while we're dealing with a pandemic and all sorts of unemployment levels and all sorts of things. Um, I, I just, these are hard conversations and topics and things we need to fix and we should have fixed a long time ago all by themselves, not with fire tornadoes and hurricanes and everything like, yeah. and, and all sorts mm -hmm. of global like climate issues and things like this. So um, that self-care is, is, is something that I, um, I'm trying to remind myself of as well. For the people that weren't there also, there were quite a lot of materials that came out of each group. Mm -hmm. uh, these are all publicly available. Um, so um, hopefully we can uh, include links to these uh, in the description of wherever the podcast goes out. Um, there's um, jam boards with sticky notes with loads of ideas on them. So many that there just wasn't enough time to explore them. So go and have a look. You know, if you weren't there, go and have a look, see what came out. Um, mm -hmm. And you don't need to know necessarily the detail behind each sticky note. Um, it will be about what the words on that sticky note inspire for you. Uh, and that could be something new and different that wasn't discussed and run with it. There's also a, uh, a Slack group um, that it's a, it's a community Slack group for the Agile Alliance um, that a lot of people from these, these conversations actually signed up to. Um, and it's a, it's a way to continue the conversation and to reach out to people. You know, if you were part of the event, you can reach out to some of the people that you met there. So um, the, the link's available on the Agile Alliance website under the diversity and inclusion page, um, if anybody's keen to join it there too. I would like to say, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to have this conversation with you and for you to be able to share, you know, your thoughts, your experiences back with the community. I, I think this was a very important conversation to have because of the event itself and for the space that it created for different voices, right, to be able to tap in um, to, to what's going on. So much thanks to the Agile Alliance and to this body of individuals 
who have come together to make something really awesome, right? And, and it, it will affect change, in my opinion. It already has um, in, in things that, that are taking place. So um, just being mindful of time, any final things that you would like to add before we um, say see you soon instead of goodbye? You know, we'll see you again. Yeah, uh, I w- just want to make sure we do a because we do these types of events um, with a lot of support. Like the, we're on this call, but the reality is Ellen Grove was heavily involved. Paul Hammond did a lot with when it came to uh, um, in helping the logistics of the event and being available, but also our volunteers. Um, we tapped a number of volunteers, mm-hmm. some almost every single one came <laughs> as a volunteer, some switched out and did different things. But, you know, we're, we're a nonprofit trying to create space for our membership. And we can't really pull these things off without that. Um, and so I just I really want to give a shout out to a lot of other people that may not have been as visible or, or on this call that really, I mean, game changers when it came um, to, to making this a success, um, such mm-hmm. as Jamara Nova Mitchell in terms of uh, as a diversity expert and helping give us advice. But I also then really just want to take a second again to say April and Anthony, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And I'd like to specifically acknowledge uh, April's work uh, in this. Um, I wasn't um, involved in every single one of the events uh, April was. Um, we, um, when we first started talking about how to design the first event, April had already outlined um, the whole series. Uh, it was almost like a, some kind of moment of inspiration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, was, it was all, the outline was there. And, um, you know, I, I would say April's been the sort of the, the architect of the experience. Uh, and um, and what was really powerful is, is uh, how she's drawn both on her experience as an Agile coach, but also in using um, Agile thinking uh, and ways of working uh, in, in her other work outside of, of the world of technology to actually bring about change and, and applied it here. And I think that was a really mm-hmm. profound thing that um, every, every aspect of the experience was drawing on our experience of how how we are and how how we do things uh, at work and we applied that to this very challenging topic and and it proved itself uh, so i'd like to say a special thank you to april who i i think of as the architect of the experience i helped her fill in some of the details i was like a one of the developers on the team but uh, <laughs> uh, special, special thanks and acknowledgement to april I didn't see any bugs, so it was good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, but that was that was the user experience we created. There were bugs; you just didn't notice them. <laughs> <laughs> we fixed them right away. <laughs> All right, you did a good job. And that's a testament to to the whole team, especially on the technical side, just the, how smoothly uh, things appeared to work, despite behind the scenes sometimes frantically having to, you know, move things here and. Switch from that technology. Switch to that technology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my uh, final thought is, of course, a, a big thank you to everyone who helped make this happen, and for just wanting to uh, 
invest so much of their time and have this uh, conversation for caring. You know, um, uh, I talk about love a lot and um, this is an expression of love uh, that you've all have shown. And this lets you know, like this team, they're like, they're volunteers. They invested like literally we're daily meetings and that was all volunteer uh, to do that. That's how much they cared. Um, like the Agile Alliance is a volunteer-led uh, member organization. Um, and people do this because they care. And so if you're not part of the Agile Alliance, um, this is not paid to do anything. But I was like, like, be a part of it. We're doing wonderful things. Um, and uh, uh, in, uh, in, in multiple areas. Um, I really want to thank uh, for uh, like Ella and Trisha for uh, also just giving me leeway to um, to do what I wanted with the series and how long do you think it needs to be and what and I was really passionate about leveraging the design thinking process to help bring about actual change and uh, doing this as a, a five-part series to really uh, dig in deep and being all on board and letting me bring on uh, special team and I knew that I knew I wanted to bring on Anthony literally we met on Twitter because of what is happening in this world and uh, we become like he's he's my brother um, uh, that's how we walk out like one of my closest friends and brother we've been together for I think uh, probably like 13 weeks now uh, 14 weeks um, and I feel so close to him um, uh, and uh, he's uh, more than a confidant, and I just thank him so much um, as a collaborator, a confidant, and a, a friend. And all of you have this entire team. We've become so close, share everything. You know, um, really like how Anthony and I have shared literally everyone on the team with Angie and Jessica and Ellen and Trisha. Oh, my goodness, Trisha um, have uh, invested so much in really to develop, you know, um, uh, their time in this uh, to really learn and listen um, and, and and more people too like uh, other people support on the events Reese isn't here and um, also someone amazing who've done so much like work in this area and even shared from work that we've done Dr. Dave uh, remember when Stuart had the session uh, Audacious Salon at uh, at at the yeah. conference a few years ago was saying like, oh yeah, this and how momentous that was. And it kind of like, there's multiple things that have like, have uh, have just really built upon one another as a community. And the fact that we are able to have this conversation, like people are awed, like really we basically did a series of three hours each dedicated to this conversation, which is unheard of anywhere else. So that is groundbreaking, and that's really disrupting uh, to the space positively. Um, so if I leave everyone with anything, is uh, continue to have the conversations on the intersectionality between like race and culture and gender. Um, that's all involved for everyone, um, and uh, to uh, and love one another, invest in it, yeah. make love a habit. That's got to go on a T-shirt. Make love a happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do we get those from soulcrosswoman.com? Just. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
know, but I could no. probably like come up with some t-shirts, I guess. I have I can help about. you with that. You I can help. I can definitely <laughs> help you. you with that. <laughs> I have a few things that say there'll probably be a lot of open space uh, terminology um, uh, with some blended of love, but yeah, you mm. know, love. <laughs> love I think firm. we have two more voices. Um, <laughs> sorry about that, April. We have two no, more voices that. Okay. Yeah. I think we're waiting maybe for anyone else who wants to have some closing words. Yeah, that's that, those oh. are the two voices. If the, if, if the two voices, I, I Jessica now, and Angie, I don't want to call you guys out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I think that's me. Wait, what, what question are we on? <laughs> yeah, this was closing this words, was, final thoughts. Uh, yeah, this is such an uh, this is such an amazing experience, and I'm I was honored to be part of it, and I. I think we should still meet at 9 a.m. every day. I know Trisha might be out, but... Yeah, 7 a.m. was a little rough, man. 7 a.m. for me every morning for the last 11 plus weeks was a little rough for me, okay? Yeah. yeah. You know what? We got to know you. <laughs> the real you. Not that we already didn't, but um, yeah, it was, it was... I'm just going to echo the, you know, the friendships that we we built i hope we never get rid of our whatsapp group um <laughs> continue you know sending you know different earth-friendly products to april and <laughs> anthony is going to give me more youtube advice uh, for my son's channel um and yeah the, the friendships are are are, are what I, I appreciate um the most out of out of all of this it was it was really great and from my side, it's just been so awesome to get to know, you know, the, the agile community around the world. I mean, we, we didn't mention it, and, and Jess probably has the final stats, but I know in our first event, we had over 45 countries um, represented, and it grew over time. So it, it's just been incredible to see how the entire world has pulled together on this topic and, you know, just echoing what I said earlier, like, let's not stop the conversation here, right? Let's just keep it going and get it going in, in different time zones. I know time zones were a challenge for some countries, um, but it's just been really great to get to know so many people from around the world. Everybody passionate about the same topic. Mm -hmm. Most excellent. So with that, I would say thank you. I look forward to seeing you guys again soon. And um, I'm going to stop recording. And I know most of us have other meetings to go to. But thank you so much for giving your time today. This is, you know, badass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was live earlier and almost swore and then caught myself. And I was like, Because <laughs> I never, like, that's one of the hardest things is I'm really, I'm a sailor, right? At Me home. too. But that's part of the problem is yeah. I'm not working at home. And I can't, like... And I was like, I'm going for it. <laughs> like, <laughs> the first thing to keep coming out of my mouth and you said I'm going to stop recording was, I think now I can swear. <laughs> I was going to say it too. I should have. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I'm going to stop oh, we recording are. right now. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't swear. I just said I was. Thank you for listening to the Nalsha with Dr. Dave podcast. 
I hope you enjoyed the story shared by April, Jessica, Angie, Anthony, and Tricia. I would like you to think about what you can do to create an equitable space for your fellow human beings to work, play, and live. When we combine our hearts and minds to create change for Black, Indigenous, and people of color BIPOC lives, it is a benefit for everyone. We all win. You will find the Agile for Humanity Social Justice and Impact series on the Share with Dr. Dave podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. The Agile for Humanity Social Justice and Impact series is also on the following websites, agilealliance.org, nalsharewithdrdave.com, grokshare.com, nalshare.org, and also on agileforhumanity.org. But I also want you to look for the Sharing Black, Indigenous, and People of Color stories on the Agile Alliance website under the webcast. The music is by Kiana Brow Hendrickson. This podcast is copyright 2020 by Nal Share and Dr. Dave Cornelius. So until next time, be well, stay safe, and connect soon. Talk about talk, it. Talk, talk, talk. Let's go deep. We all have something to share. No, no share with Dr. Dave.